talk about board games. Talk about board games. It's Halloween time, and Tabcast 45 gets in the spirit by managing a flea circus, playing in weird places, and avoiding ambush on the live review of Don't Turn Your Back. We're going to talk about board games. We're going to talk about board Theme. You love it. I do. I do love it. Now, Nicole, it is Halloween season. It is. Now, what <laughs> one fall <laughs> slash Halloween activity are you looking forward to the most? <laughs> am I looking forward to? Yes. Or am I, was I looking forward to? Well, it could be either one because we kind of went there. We didn't kind we? of are already done like pretty much what we're going to do for Halloween's because you're going to be leaving town, <clears throat> which sucks. I'll be going to Orlando. Without me. Right. I'll be in Orlando if any Tabcast listeners want to get in touch with me. <laughs> do we have any Orlando I, listeners? I have no idea. That'd be really cool. I will be in Orlando. I'd be super jealous. The 28th through the 2nd. I think I'm leaving the second. Yeah. Of November? <clears throat> I've already got plans on Halloween. <laughs> to do what? I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's what I'm most looking forward to for oh, Halloween. Oh, I know what you're doing. But what, what, are you, what are you looking forward to? I asked you that question first. Oh, I'm looking... Well, <laughs> I was looking forward to... Uh, oh? To uh, Caramel Apple Night. Yeah? But what? we did... We, we ate them. Remind everyone what Caramel Apple Night is. We make caramel apples. Whoa. And then we eat them. Whoa. But we do it every year. So this year, like, okay, we keep trying to make it a little bit different. Uh Like I got a recipe where you cut up the apples and then you like fill them with the caramel, caramel, however you want to say it. But Mm. it really didn't work very well because apples are juicy and juice and caramel don't blend well. It makes a gooey mess and it just, the apples still get brown. It's really gross. So that, that failed miserably. Brown-coated brown. It was gross. Oh. It was kind of slimy. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. So this year, we decided to go the other direction, keep the apples whole, and add more to the outside. So we made the caramel, right. dipped the apples. Right. Then we melted chocolate. This sounds insane. Dip the caramel ch- into the chocolate. <laughs> How do you know that you're not creating deadly poison at this point? <laughs> It's chocolate and caramel. <laughs> you don't know. How is many what you're boxes saying. of Russell Stovers have we eaten of chocolates and caramels? <laughs> you, you, what lot. you're saying, I'm just going to tell for the record what what <laughs> Mrs. Kruger's saying is she does not know. You're weird, <laughs> anyhow. And then we decorated them with little pumpkin faces on orange icing on our little. You've just you've taken caramel apples. up caramel apples up two levels, and that's. It was super delicious. The, the only advice I really always mm. have with with these is. Go for the Honeycrisp apples. Right. They're they're just, they're crispy and delicious, and the right. flavor goes well with the caramel. And the chicken. Because they're just a little bit tart. <laughs> chicken. We had chicken that night. Oh, we did. We had barbecue chicken, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, like, nice enough that we could grill out. Right. And then make caramel apples. Right. Caramel apple night, we usually play a horror-themed game. Which we did. We usually try to go to the corn maze that day. Which we did. 
And we have carameled apples. Yeah. And we usually have Matt and Brianna over for that. Which we did. Yes. <laughs> I got the I got the checklist right here. It's complete. That's right. Check, check, and check. I don't know if one day we're going to expand Caramel Apple Night to include more people, but for some reason it's just Matt and Brianna right now. Because it's a pain to make them. Right. Like this year, normally we'd wait until they come over right. and caramel the apples. Mm-hmm. This year we did not. We, we went ahead and did the caramel on the apples early, mm-hmm. put them in the fridge... Right. And then when they came over, we did go ahead and do the chocolate while they were there because that is easy. You just take a bag of chips, put it in a bowl, stick it in the microwave for a minute and a half, stir, blended delicious chocolate, dip your apple, stick it back in the fridge while the chicken is cooking on the grill. I did that part. I did that part. You did do that part. Here's here's what's funny about cooking chicken. I'm just going to just put this out there. (laughs) Okay? Because I I did thighs, skinned thighs. Now, we, we marinated them. Skinned being with skin. Right. With skin. Right. Okay, so skin <laughs> on thighs. So <laughs> Not skinny thighs. <laughs> no. These are big, fat chicken thighs right. with so, skin. So I'm doing these, and I get I have a propane grill, and I get it out there, and I turn it on the lowest heat, and I know that these are, this is chicken. I'm just going to have to cook it for a long time. Right. You don't want to get salmonella. But here's what's funny about doing chicken. At some point, about five minutes in... You're cooking like on an open campfire because the, the grease is everywhere and it's all caught on fire and your entire grill is just one wad of flames. A chicken grease fire? <laughs> it's just it's just this close to out of control. Can you show me that again? How close? It's like this much. Oh, okay. So probably one <laughs> full inch away from out of control. But here, that's but enough. It was delicious. Like enough talking about you and me. Let's just talk about me. What I'm going to do. What do you like about me? What I'm looking forward to. (laughs) What I'm looking forward to this Halloween. We're going to go see Max Sabbath. You're going to go see. I'm going to go see Max Sabbath. Now, Max Sabbath. Obviously, there's a band called Black Sabbath. And this is a Black Sabbath cover cover band. But it's McDonald's themed. (laughs) That's so (laughs) ridiculous. And and Ronald Osborne sings for him. And Slayer McCheese plays guitar. <laughs> and and the cat burglar, who's who's like dressed like uh the hamburglar? He's dressed like the hamburglar with kiss makeup. Oh geez. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and they have some Grimace version. Grimace plays plays bass. I, I can't remember what his name is. But, but we're gonna go see well, that. Well who played bass for Black Sabbath? Uh Geezer Butler. So he's Grimizer? No. <laughs> Kremiser, what is that? <laughs> I don't know. From? I'm going to see Just Max Sabbath on Halloween. Making stuff up. That's my plans. I'm gonna do nothing. <laughs> I know. I don't want to like. I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna have to sit here and be sad. Yes, you are. Dressed with... up like an evil queen of some sort. Right. Hug Pepper, and you guys you can cry into her fur. I'll dress her up as the the headless <laughs> horseman steed again. Yeah. She likes that costume. Right. Wow, we're dorks. Okay, let's continue. (laughs) So we're we're definitely, you know, I mean, obviously I'm going to watch more horror movies and all the other stuff I do in October October and play horror games. And that's fine. But If you have any good horror movie suggestions, let us know. We're always looking for for new ones we haven't seen. I doubt it. But we've seen a lot. Right. I mean, that's a challenge right there. Nicole, enough. Let's find out what got played. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what got played. 
I think I had mentioned on this podcast that I did another math trade, another successful one. Yes. I've talked about it before. I know I've yes. talked about my success with math trades. I had another successful one, and this happened while we were out of town, and our Tabcast all-star, Daniel, did the trades for me while I was out of town because he's super he's cool. He's a nice guy. Right. And so I went up to uh, Tabletop Games to get my games back because I had to, of course, give him all the games that I didn't know whether they were going to trade or not, which was like 20 of them. And I traded five, and so I had to go. I had to bring him all twenty of my games to trade, and he got those games for me. And I had to go get them back in the least inconvenient way for him. So right. I know he goes to board game night at Tabletop over in Kansas every night. So I drove over to Kansas and went to Tabletop and got my games. Now while I was there, Daniel just sort of like forcefully invited me into another guy's game by saying. He's like, Fred, do you want to play a game? And I was like, yeah. And he was already in a game. And he goes, hey, have you guys started? This is my friend Fred. Let him play. And the guy's like, okay. So I, I went over there and I played Via Nebula. That works. Okay. Now, Via Nebula is a, it, basically, it's a race to build five buildings game. Uh, you do, you build these buildings by accumulating resources uh, and then using these resources to fulfill contracts, which are just like a random set of cards you draw. Uh, there's five uh, limited resources that are on the board. Some of them start on the board. Some of them are played in during the game by you by playing little building spaces on certain spaces on the board that will create more of these resources. Uh, the board is made up of like many of these little small islands. And all these islands are separated by these little clouds. And you you build you can build land spaces on top of these clouds to connect other land places to make it so that you can take resources from where they exist to where you're building your building at because okay. there's these little special building spaces that you build on as well and so you're kind of <coughs> me too so you're kind of uh basically as you're playing the game the this misty set of islands is sort of getting transformed into this like you know larger land mass and you're moving stuff around. You're trying to be strategic about where you put tiles down so that other people don't have too much access to your resources before you get a chance to use yours. And you're trying to get your buildings built in a, you know, a timely fashion. And the person who finishes first gets bonus points. Everybody else gets another round to try to build their final building and try to get their fifth one down because you score points on these contracts at the end of the game. Okay. And so harder contracts take more resources, but it also slows down how much you build. And, you know, like I said, and there's limited resources on the table because, you know, you'll start the game and you'll be dying for certain resources for a while. Then one opens up and then they quickly go away and you're dying for them again. But then this other resource runs out. And it's kind of a weird ebb and flow I found over the game because it kind of started off and you needed a lot of everything. And then in the middle, all of a sudden, it feels like you have everything you would ever need. And then by the end of the game, you're once again where you were at the start, just starved for resources and trying to get your fifth building built. Yeah, it took about probably about an hour to play it. And we played a four player game of it. And I lost. <laughs> <laughs> I lost, but it was I, I actually had a pretty good time with this. It was it was, yeah. uh, you know, I would say a pretty good maybe second step into board gaming, like into hobby gaming type game. So maybe, you know, someone who started off with Ticket to Ride would then play via Nebula the next time they came to your house. Right. It's probably like that kind of level of difficulty. I thought, I mean, it's a fine game. It looks really nice. You know, the artwork's fun. 
it's just, I don't know, pretty cool game. Not bad. Cool. I haven't checked prices on it. I don't know how much it costs or anything like that, but it I seemed. I think when I looked at it, it was like running like 35 or something. Mm, I mean, that seems, that seems close to right. It... Let's look it up. <laughs> it seems close to to right. Uh, there are some like other little aspects to this, like obviously that some of the misty spaces are have petrified forests in them that you can't build on, so it sort of stifles how much you move or are able to move around. Uh, the board does come a double sided, so there's an easy side and a difficult side. Oh, oh, I was wrong. <clears throat> is it way more expensive? Well, this is just looking at Amazon. Um, you can save. 29 cents right now and get it for 59.70 weird that's a 60 dollar game that's a 60 dollar game. i don't think it's worth that i, I think <laughs> if you can get a hold of, I'm, I'm sorry i think if you can get a hold of this for about 35 to 40 dollars it's probably worth it yeah i think anything more than that i'd say no it's not it's not that it, good is it going out of stock because they've got another listing know. of it for 142 dollars and 40 cents <laughs> amazon <laughs> <laughs> It was the easiest one to get to. Now I gotta look That's at... fine. What have you played, Nicole? It's not like they're paying us to advertise them. Oh, <laughs> oh I mean, well, I had to cheat. I gotta write. I wrote everything down. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, we played games on our vacation. Who did? You and I. When? When we were gone. What did we play? We played two of them. We played a uh, circus flocati. <laughs> we actually played three. We played three. Onitama. We did play three, but I'm not talking about that one right now. Why? Okay. What'd you didn't you, tell you... me. I don't oh, have the... Well, I'll talk about it. Okay, Keep you going. can talk about it later. Um, so, Circus Flocati. <clears throat> that one's uh, put out by Grail Games, and it's a, bit, it's a reprint. Right. Um, I saw like this. I saw this listed on on uh, Board Game Geek as a children's game from a while ago. Right. Well, they, they redid it, and they redid the artwork in it to make it be like a flea circus. Right. The artwork, I think, is amazing. I really like it. I think, I mean, the colors are really nice anyway. Right. And, but then they take all these little, you know, traditional circus-looking characters and put little flea heads on them. Disgusting. It, they're kind of gross, but at the same time... Parasitic. It's You just can't look away. <laughs> it's one of those kind of things. Anyhow, well, Circus Blacati, <laughs> it's uh, by Grail Games, and it's it was uh, it's a Reiner Canizia, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a uh, card push-your-luck game for two to five players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a deck of about of 80 circus cards that are in 10 different colors, uh, and each set consists of numbers 0 through 7. There's also nine action cards. So in a player's turn, they draw cards from the deck and place them, that, or they may draw cards from the deck, and place them face-up in a row next to the draw pile in the middle of the table. Uh, this is done just one card at a time, and you can either choose to stop and then take a card, or you're forced to stop. You can either be forced to stop by if you choose an action card, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll talk about those in just a second. Um, you just basically follow the instructions on the action card. Or if you draw another card that's the same color as one card that's already on the table, then you're, you forfeit your turn. Right. And that card goes into the discard, which you never see those discard cards ever again. They're gone. <laughs> so that's kind of a bummer. Um, so on your turn, when you you can just take a card into your hand. If there's already cards in the middle, you can just take one of those into your hand. Or if you keep playing and you, you don't hit an action card or hit another hit that same color that's already there, you can take one of those cards into your hand. Now, ultimately, you're basically trying to 
make trios of three, you know, just sets of three cards. So the right. three cards are going to be of the same value, not the same color, the same value. So if you have three sevens, you can put those in a trio. You have three ones, you can put those in a trio. Um, and each trio that you do is worth 10 points. Well, it's not the only way to score. Um, so you can also keep drawing cards to get enough into your hand where you have one of every single color in your hand. Right. That's called a gala show. If you can <clears throat> declare a gala show, you get 10 bonus points as well. Um, that signifies the end of the game. And then you score. Um, the way that you score the cards is if you have like, if you have three different green cards, you only score the green card with the highest number. Right. The cards that are in the gala show, if they're in, still in your hand, or well, they'll still be in your hand. You can still count those towards your ultimate score. But the trios that you've placed in front of you, they're gone. They're just worth the 10 points, and that's it. Right. And then highest score wins. Um, you do have the action cards that I mentioned. Um, three, there's three different ones, a total of nine of them, but there's three copies of each of the three cards. There's a mind reader that you can make an opponent give you one card, but they get to choose what it is. There's a magic eye that makes an opponent give you any one card at random. And then there's the great parade, which is always fun when you got that card, because then you just got to put down, you just kept drawing cards and putting them in the middle until one of the colors repeats. Then you stop that card goes in the discard pile because it's the repeater and you get to choose any one of those cards on the table to take into your hand and it still ends your turn but right it was fun i i enjoyed it it was it was a lightweight little you know palette cleansing kind of game or maybe like take it it's it's fairly small um you could take it to a restaurant and play while you're waiting for your food right i was just thinking that that's probably the perfect time frame for this game yeah in a two-player game in a two-player i we didn't get to play it with more than two so i don't know right how how long it how much time it would add necessarily i don't know i i i just i just know that as we played it because we played it three or four times yeah and as we played this it kept we kept scoring more trios like when we were naive we scored like one or two trios a piece by the end of it we almost ran the deck out scoring trios before we finally had the grand show Right, the gala show. Yeah, the gala show. And it was like, how many suits were there? Eight? There's Eight ten. Suits? Ten suits? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so this isn't a... Obviously, this isn't a card game that you can make at home with your own deck of cards. Yeah. You you really do have to buy this. It is kind of simple in those in that regard, that there are just numbered suits, and you're just trying to get the highest numbers in those numbered suits when you play your, your big show at the... But see, that's kind of an influence, too, though. If you play the trio of your, you know, sevens and mm -hmm. your sixes... Well, there's seven-point cards you're not going to count, and six-point cards you're not going to get to count. Right, right. See, most of the time when you're playing trios, you're playing low, lower numbered cards. You want to put the cards. lower cards. Yeah, the zeros, the ones, the twos. Right, because they can be zero would be zero points at the end of the game, but it's ten points with three of them. Right. So you're doing stuff like that. It's it's a pretty good game, I thought. Yeah. Not yeah. too bad. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not something that you're going to play over and over and over and not get bored with. You will get bored with it. Right. I'd say about two plays and you're done max but i'd say it's a fine game if you just barely had like 30 minutes left in the night or something like that and you wanted to knock something out that's a fine choice absolutely yeah nothing wrong with that and like i said i i really enjoyed the flea head <laughs> artwork it was <laughs> but, pretty weird <laughs> but i'm kind of weird right all right another one that i got played the same night same group of people i played another game 
at tabletop without yes. me. Yes, I yep. love I love playing games that other people buy and you teach know, me. You know, I went it's to amazing. trivia that night and yeah. I won eleven dollars. So. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I actually gave you ten dollars to go to trivia that night. So I made twenty one dollars. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, I played Dale of Merchants. What? Dale of Merchants. Now, Dale's a merchant. Dale of Merchants is like a deck building game. And it comes in a in a smaller box. I think it came in a box about the size of that uh, that app. What is it? The bleh, of Kings Valley of the Kings. Okay, so it's like the if you took two card decks, put them side by side, it's a little bigger than that. Right. And it it comes in a box like about that big, and <clears throat> you had like you basically at the start you got you got to choose some animals, okay, and you got to. You got to choose like which card decks you were going to use, like so that you build. There is a little bit of a building thing, but it's just the only thing you're really doing is deciding which of these little modules of cards that each one does certain things, you know, to modify the gameplay that you're going to use. And you select like one or two of them and take them out of the game. I think it was two of them, okay. and you remove them from the game, and the rest of them go into the deck. Now, when we were setting this up, the gentleman who was teaching the game said right up front. We usually don't use the raccoons. The raccoon deck is the mean deck. Well, these two fellas, these other two fellas that, you know, I could tell the guy teaching the game didn't know and I didn't know. They knew each other. Uh huh. Like they were like roommates or something. So they were like, oh, no, we want to do the mean stuff. Okay. And it's like, okay, so the raccoon deck goes in, right? We get rid of the dice rolling deck that randomizes stuff because it has a die in the box. And then we got rid of something else, some other one that I don't even know what it did. Okay? Because you didn't play with it. Right. <laughs> and we so we combined all these other cards together. Now, basically, it plays a little bit like Ascension. It's a deck-building game. And it plays a little bit like Ascension, except there's there's uh, where there's like a market of cards in the middle of the table that are available to all players. And on your turn, you can buy cards out of that market. Okay. Right? <laughs> Same kind of basic idea, though, where you're generating money with your cards and there's also effects on your cards and you can do like one action per turn and that could be playing out uh you could be taking an action that's on listed on the card like the text that's listed on the card as an action you can buy a card from the middle that would be an action or you can do what's called building a stall because the goal of this game is you're trying to make you're you're trying to make merchant stalls numbered one to eight you're supposed to do eight of these stalls and the value of the cards of items that you put inside each of these stalls has to equal the number in numerical order of that stall so stall number one will have a one value card stall number two can have two two one values or one two value card and stall number three, you know, and so forth. Right. And so when you're getting up, most of the cards are only numbered one to five. So when you're playing that eighth one, you're really trying to play out some really big cards. And five cards have really great effects that keep you, the game rolling for you. Right? So on, on our turns, we're buying cards and we're trying to build stalls. And it just keeps going around and we're just not really getting anywhere. And I'm building a stall. I build my first stall. Another guy builds his. The other two guys don't. Then I build my second stall, and the other guy builds his second stall, and then the other guys don't. And then I build my third stall, the other, and nobody else builds a stall. And then I build my fourth stall, nobody else builds a stall, and then I kind of, like, you know, can't do it. I can't build my fifth stall for a while. 
And while I'm doing that, no one's building stalls. And I don't know what's going on. But this one fella on my right who has not built any stalls at this point, and I'm sitting on four stalls, is buying every single raccoon card there is. Oh. Now, raccoon cards, what they do is basically cause you to discard cards and they steal cards from other people. Now, this is one of these games where if you buy a card from the center, it goes into your hand, not your discard. So you're setting up, You'll if you do a purchase, you're setting up building your next stall. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that's right before me on my right, when it circles back around the table, goes, oh, by the way, I play this raccoon card on you. You have to shuffle your deck and discard two cards or shuffle your hand. Great. So I shuffle my hand and discard the two cards I need to build the stall. Right. And he's doing this to everyone around the table constantly just completely stops the game progress almost altogether the game plays in 30 minutes and the guy said i've played this game with four people it's a 30 minute game uh-huh. we played for 90 oh wow because of the raccoon cards oh jeez! <laughs> did it ruin the game um i will say that it, it diminished it greatly huh I didn't think it was a bad game. That's what's that's what's nuts, is I think that if you throw those, just get the game and grind those raccoon cards up and throw them away, <laughs> and you probably have a pretty fun game, as long as you're able to kind of build. Because I, 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 there was like a speed element to it that was completely lost. And our game ended with all of us having like eight, seven of eight stalls built, and we're all trying to get the right card into our draw from our draw pile. And I go through my deck like four times trying to get the right combination of cards in my hand so that I can play seven down. Right. And this guy keeps playing raccoon cards on me. And this guy's just waiting, biding his time until he gets his draw. And he's getting raccoon cards played on him as well. And it just turns into this awful, you know, we can't make it happen because of these raccoon cards that sort of break the game. Right. So it totally lost the speed element. It was it was okay. But but I, I got to say, and he, 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 of course, the guy was really enthusiastic about it and, and really apologized for how long it took. But at the end of the game, I mean, honestly, the last 15 minutes, I was like, please, just someone draw their, their eight cards, eight points of cards they need in their hand because I'm tired of this, you know? Right. We've been, this game is overstayed. It's welcome by at least a half an hour. Right. You know, and we played, like I said, a full 90 minutes. It was ridiculous. Those raccoon cards ruined the game. The guy who the guy who played it though, like I said, enthusiastic and and he kickstarted it. And there's another one coming down the you know coming up, and he wants that one too because it gets new animals into the game, and he's oh. all excited about it. So, believe me, even with that game, it didn't diminish his you know liking of that game. Right. Uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, I think I think throw out the raccoon thing and make it thirty minutes long, and it's still it's still pretty fun. I mean, it's a deck builder. It sounded kind of fun. It, it it's not bad. I like deck builders, though. It I mean, it, like if, this, it would make it a lot more interesting. Like I said, if you had that sort of, because it has that smash up kind of feel to it where you're oh. throwing together all these different modules of things that change how the game plays. Yeah. So if I was to have double the amount of animals to play that the base game had and I threw the raccoons away, then I could possibly have a game that's pretty interesting and unique every time you play it. So how much would you pay for this game? Well, I think it's a cheap game. I think it's only like 20 bucks. Well, now I got to look. Dale of Merchants. This is our new game. 
what Nicole Guess plays that with her price. Nicole finds a way to play with her phone. I'm not even trying to while play we're with recording. Oh, poo poo, whatever. <laughs> That's right. I said poo poo. Right. She meant it too. Dale both of them. Of <clears throat> right. Merchants. merchants. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it's one that I, w- I would consider. It's it's not. I, I'm I'm going to say, it, it feels about like that, that about the same fun level as that, about that Lost Valley or whatever it is or Valley of the Kings. Well, the T-shirt's available on Amazon, but not the game. So Too bad. I don't know how much it is. That's okay. Dale of Merchants. What do you play next, Nicole? Well, now I got it. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> but now, what I'm are looking you at, doing? I'm looking I'm, at cool stuff yeah, to see how much. It, it, you're just no, messing around. See, nobody has it. Right. So now you just talked about a game nobody can get, and it it's sounds the neat. best game ever. If you can't get it, I'm sorry. Your game collection will never be complete. Why <laughs> you're mean? No, I'm not. I'm oh. saying you'll be just fine without it. If I can't, you can't even see find a picture it. of it. Okay. They're they're coming out with some Kickstarter for it. He just said that, so I'm sure Kickstarter. they're gonna. Oh god, a... just get a Kleenex for all the snot that came across the table. Was that snotty? <laughs> Snooty? What oh. else did you play? We played Arboretum. Oh. It's a Z-Man game. Right. Now, I've heard this one's mean. Mean? That's what I heard. I heard it was it was mean. You thought you it... could block each other and you're, it's mean. <laughs> what do you think? There's a low level of meanness to it. Just really? by not... Well, not I'm gonna really. Say, I'm, I'm going to say my experience was nowhere near as mean as raccoon cards. So Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is a card game for two to four players. <clears throat> um, again, it's a deck that consists of ten sets of cards. These are numbered one through eight instead of zero through seven. Oh. Uh, each set is a different color and features a different type of tree. So right. the pink cards are magnolias, the white ones are dogwoods, the brown ones are oaks, etc. Um, for four players, you actually use all of the sets of cards. For three players, you're going to take two of those sets out. For two players, you take out four of those sets. And we chose based on how well the colors were to tell apart by campfire light because we played it by campfire out in Colorado. It was very nice. Hmm. Um but the cards actually, we didn't even have to, like, some of them are, if it's low light, you're not going to be able to see the, the differences very well, except for the fact that they do have different leaves on them and different trees on them, and it does say the different trees on there, too. So they're colorblind friendly, if you couldn't tell them apart at all by the color. Right. Um, we just did it for convenience and found out we really <clears throat> didn't have to. Um but basically, each player is dealt seven cards, and the rest become the draw pile. So on your turn, you're going to draw two cards. Play one into your Arboretum, uh, which is just a table space in front of you. And then you're going to discard one into your own little separate discard pile. Yeah. Now, when you draw, it can either be from the main draw pile or it can be from any other player's discard pile. It could be from your own discard pile, too, right? It could, yes, absolutely. Um, And they don't even, the two cards don't have to come from the same pile. Right. Uh, The game ends when there's no more cards in the main draw pile. Uh, so when you play cards, the first card that you play just goes in front of you. All subsequent cards have to be placed adjacent to a card that was previously played into your Arboretum. So, uh, if you place the one card down, you have four spots where you can choose from. You put one next to it and then it's got to just be touching either one of those cards. doesn't right. matter which one and continues on and around and around. Right. Um, scoring is kind of the hard part, I thought. 
um, at the game end, you're going to score the paths made by your trees. Now, a path will have a start and an end. The cards are going to be the same color to create that start and that end. The cards in between need to be adjacent to the previous one, but they also need to be in ascending numerical order. So if you have a one and then you have several cards in the middle and the last card, if, like let's say it's a yellow one, a bunch of cards in the middle, they all go up in number until oh. you reach a six that's also yellow, then that actually scores as a row. As long as they're all touching and then it's one, two, four, five, six. It right. doesn't matter that they're three, four, five, six. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So that, like I said, that was kind of confusing to wrap my head around. Um, but how do you score that row? What is that? So mean? then for, you get one point for every card in that path. Right. Now, if all of those cards just happen to be all yellow cards, you would get an additional point per card in that path. Um, in addition to that, if the uh, if the path starts with a number one card, you get one extra point. And if the path ends with the number eight card, you get two additional points. Right. Um, a card can be scored in multiple paths. Uh, and the way that you go down, the, you'll just, you, there's a little, uh, what's it called? A little score pad. Uh, each type of tree or color of tree is listed on that score pad. And you just basically call them out one at a time. So we're going to do the dogwoods first. So then you go and look and see, do I have a path that consists of white cards? Yes, no, write it down. Go on to the next one, write it down. Right. Um, once you get through all of the cards, what was uh, the deal, though? Like, there was something where I couldn't score because you scored. What was the deal with that? What? Don't you remember that there was some way that you could block my scoring? You can scoring? block them, too. I forgot about that. I was trying to do this at lunch today, and it was busy because yesterday I think, was a I holiday. I think what it is is only the person with the with the highest number gets to score that one. Correct. Yeah, so if if I have the pink path that... Uh, ends with a five and you oh no it was based on the cards you had left in your hand right so if you kept cards ah, oh, scoring was really complex on this <laughs> so if you kept cards in your hand like if i kept all the eights yeah whoever whatever you had in your his. hand is the only thing you get to score on the paths at the end right but you could block them if you had like a one you could counter an eight card in their hand but oh God, a seven would beat an or an eight would beat a seven but a one would beat an eight because it's like an ace. Right. A one takes out an eight. It's like your secret weapon so that the eight isn't all powerful. Right. But it has to be planned against. Yeah, there's a whole... Uh, like there's so sub, many nuances sub -scoring to the scoring. kind of thing that you're doing where you're collecting this hand of cards. And you end up with this sort of crossword puzzle of trees. Right. Is what it looks like at the end with these little crisscrossing rows of trees and you're hoping that you get to score these things, but, you know, you never know because Nicole could have more. Because I think you got to even add your cards together. Like at the end, if you had... Right. Yeah, because so if you, if had, you had like, had like a one and a five, and you could make six, six yeah. of the color, you know. And so you're trying to hold on to the cards. You're trying to score a row of cards of a certain color to get the most points. And, of course, if it, if it begins with the one and ends with the eight, you get a bonus. And there's all these little bonus things. There's a lot to the scoring. Right. And at the end of the game, you're hold you're also trying to not only build rows of that color, but you're also trying to hold cards that make it so you can actually score the, all that work you put into it at the end of the game. But this is what's weird. And this is where the meanness comes in. 
is you're holding cards that you look across the table and you see someone's got some huge scoring thing in the, in their hand and you're holding on to that card. Like if you see that your neighbor has a one through seven of let's say the white colored trees and you have an eight card white in your hand, you're going to stop them from scoring that. Right. You know, even if you're not going to score it, they're not either because you have that card. Right. If you see the one on the table and you have the eight in your hand of that same color, you will stop the other player. And it is it's a bit frustrating at the end to to be told, oh, by the way, your your row of trees, that's way better than mine. You don't get to score it because I have more cards in my hand. Right. And that's where that meanness comes in. That's that's where that frustration comes in. It was mild. It wasn't quite as frustrating as it could have been, you know, but I mean, it was still like there were a couple moments I lost the game that we played. It makes it a twofold strategy, though. But it's, it's yeah, that that's where the interesting aspects of the game come in. How do I get points on the table and keep those points and stop other people from scoring points? And I mean, it's it's actually a pretty full, like thought out game, I think. Well, I wonder, and we didn't try this, but I wonder if you could like house rule it and and not have that attacking kind of thing be a factor i didn't mind it like i'm, just, I'm explaining no, but i mean like I just it's... to just to start because like i said it's really complex and if it's right if you have somebody that's not used to playing a lot of games and not used to a lot of in-depth strategy uh-huh. it might turn them off to have that much to think about right off the bat so if I you mean, can introduce was... them to the strategy of of just creating the paths in the first place and then add in the other stuff mm-hmm. i wonder if that would work a little better I don't know. I mean, I, I was too. I was shocked at the end. I mean, I was there were so many twists and turns during scoring, where I was almost convinced I was going to. I have I have a seven in this suit, and you're like, oh well, I have eight points worth of cards in that suit, so I actually score my three point row instead of you scoring your eight point row. Right. And I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe that <laughs> fell apart like that. You know. But it was it was what made it really interesting and what kept it kind of up in the air until the very end. Yeah. Nothing's technically black and white until you until you actually start that scoring round. And I thought that game was really good. I really liked it too. Right. I did, thought... you, did you read the tiebreaker? No. What was the tiebreaker? The tiebreaker is awesome. Well, first, it's the player with the most colors present <clears throat> in their arboretum wins. Mm-hmm. But if there's still a tie, then all players must plant a tree, and in five years, the tallest tree wins. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cheesy. I terrible. love it. <laughs> Not going to happen. Oh, okay. Well, I think that's enough about what got played. Let's get to, let's go to what our guild talked about. You put a question up on our guild that piqued some interests. <sighs> Whew. Wow. Would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. Now, Nicole, after we got back from Colorado, we fake played a game on the side of a mountain. We What? <laughs> we played a we game. We didn't actually play that on the side of the mountain? <laughs> after we picked up the pieces so that blew windy. away <laughs> three times. If you look at our Instagram, you'll see a picture of a game Onatama, which we'll talk about in a later episode. But uh, on the side of a mountain... And it was gorgeous. It was a fantastic picture. The picture looks great, but it was so windy. It actually blew a mouse pad off of a rock. Because <laughs> that's what the, the board's made out of. But, yeah. Uh, so you, you went on the guild and you asked, what is the weirdest place that you have ever played a board game? <clears throat> right? Right. And uh, 
you got we we got three replies, but we're gonna do this anyways. We don't care. <laughs> what three replies is good. Three replies. Maybe so, people don't play in weird places. <clears throat> do you want to do yours? Do ours first or do theirs first? Oh, let's do theirs first. Okay, well go ahead. What 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 did the first person say? This is your question. Oh oh well, I wasn't prepared to read. Okay, so Ray said uh, my father used to be big into chess. And at my cousin's wedding reception, he pulls out a small magnetic set, all set up, and puts it in front of me. At first, I'm thinking, no, Dad. Normal people don't do this. So I give him the no way look, which I want to see that look. Oh. Uh, Then he moves this first piece. (laughs) After looking at it, I figure I'll appease him and lose quickly as I always do. Sounds like me. Right. Uh, They finish the game in about 15 minutes. He said, and, and as if I was living in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, my head would have turned into a heel or a donkey. I felt so embarrassed that I actually did that at somebody's wedding reception. Yeehaw. Here's what I can say about that. <laughs> if you had fun at that wedding reception, that's all that bride and groom really wanted. Well, and the gifts that right, you brought. Right, as long as it wasn't during the ceremony. I don't. That would be that, a little That's uncouth. not repulsive at all. That would be awful, yes. <laughs> but during the reception... Nah. Did That's you pay attention nothing. to the toast? Did you eat the cake? Did you cheer? And... Did you clap when they danced? Did you did you clink your glass and make them kiss every time you did it? What a weirdo. Do you remember that? Don't clink. Somebody your... clink your glass. I do remember and You that. have to kiss. It was I do nice. That. I like that. <laughs> Wait, I'll do one. Here we go. Okay. Because this is Matt. Oh, Matt. Matt replied, "I once played beer pong at a wedding reception, and I don't drink, so the groom drank for me. Good times. See." <laughs> then he said he followed it up with, I played We Didn't Play Test This Legacy at Perkins Restaurant with the turtle card. That was interesting. Now, by the way, I played that game with him. <laughs> we played that. We ate pie. <laughs> the turtle card in We Didn't Play Test This. I mean, this they have a, like a lot of versions of this game out. And the turtle card makes you wear the box lid as a hat. And if it falls off your head, you lose the game automatically. Which makes it hard to eat pie. Right. I think that's, is that the only reason we, we went there was for some pie? Yeah, that's Weird all we enough. got was pie. Well, that was super fun Except anyways. for Brianna, who got an ice cream sundae. <laughs> well, thanks, Brianna. Thanks for not being part of the group. Mm-hmm. Good job doing your own thing. You know, if it had been on <laughs> March 14th, it would have been even cooler. Why? It's pie day. Is it? Yeah. Well. 3.14, hello. Not when we went there. What's another person say? The last person. What else do they say? <laughs> this one's crazy, I think. <laughs> I don't. What? I don't know. You better read it. Uh, Brendan added, <laughs> I have a copy of Survival of the Witless. What is that? Well, I read about it. It's a very mean-spirited game about academic tenure. It mm. has jokes like, if you're good at teaching, your colleagues will resent you and your standing will go down in the department. If you're bad at teaching, students won't take your classes and you'll have more time to do research and your standing will go up. Also, lots about seducing grad students. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I brought this into an academic conference, and several of us retreated into someone's hotel room to play. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Uh, You haven't lived until you've answered the door at midnight to find hotel security telling you there have been noise complaints. Just as a grad student sitting at the table behind you holds a card high in the air and shouts at the top of his lungs, academic freedom, academic freedom. (laughs) that's pretty awesome there you go that's a pretty good story too the only time i played a game in a hotel room 
Well, every time we go on vacation, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't the same. It's usually just the two of us. Well, what's the weirdest place you've ever played a game? You know, really, I have no answer. I just thought that our little mountain setting, well, playing by the campfire. Yeah, that's the weirdest place? Probably. And sitting at restaurants. We do that. I don't even know. I I may have told this story already. I think I did, but I'm going to tell it again. Okay, I'd love to hear it. The weirdest place now. I, was I, I there? Well, I play games on shows. Oh, yeah. Because we have these weird moments. Like in in this instance, it'll make sense. But I, you know, I set up audiovisual gear and I do these weird things all over town. Well, in this one instance, we were down at a restaurant and we were to set up some speakers and, and a microphone, a projector, and a screen. And the thing is, is it was going to start at like let's just say it started at two o'clock. Well, we weren't able to get into the room because of some other function in the room till like one o'clock. So at one o'clock, we walk in this room and we set up all this audiovisual gear and we're done by about 1.30, 1.40. And then we're told, by the way, are you guys waiting around? Because this all picks up again at 2.45. And we're like, oh, well, yes, we're just going to wait around then. Mm-hmm. And so we, we commenced to waiting. Well, in the car, I had passed the pigs. <laughs> okay. So I go out and I get past the pigs and, and we have 20 minutes before this, this insurance presentation starts is what it is. And so we're sitting there in the back of the room and we're playing, we're playing past the pigs and people are coming in and, and, you know, Travis has this kind of thing where he has this drive that he wants to try to, you know, cause we play to 100 points. And if you've never played past the pigs before, you have these two little rubber pigs and you throw them onto the table. Oh, and they, they both, they're both like, you know, just like a little miniature pig and they have like a little, a spot painted on one side of them, the same side on both pigs. And you throw them onto the table and you try to land them in certain positions like you know so that you score points like for instance uh if they're they land on their feet it's called a trotter and it's worth five points (laughs) if they land on their back it's called a razorback and that's worth five points if they hang if they land balanced between their nose and their front two feet that's called a snouter and uh if they land balanced between their ear their nose and one of their front two feet that's called a hanging jowler I can't believe you remember all these little names. Uh, but I, but and and there's like uh and, and if they land on one side with with the with the spot pointing up, then it's worth a point. But if they ever land with one of them on his side with the spot pointing up and one with the, on the side with the spot pointing down, you it's called a pig out, and you lose all the points that you've gained that round. So it's a push your luck. The other thing, there's one more rule to it. If you ever roll the pigs, and this is to keep people from like just trying to just drop the pigs. Uh-huh. If they ever land touching, it's it, it, you lose all your points completely. Uh-huh. And you go back to zero. And you're just trying to get to 100 points. Well, you can, yeah, push your luck and just keep rolling pigs, rolling pigs, rolling pigs, and trying not to pig out. And, of course, Travis always wants to go to 100 in one roll. Right. Well, <laughs> we're playing this game all the way until the, the event starts. And the event starts with Travis's turn and travis is at zero and i've just rolled like 70 points in one turn and i'm just laughing because i'm like ah i took this game that's for sure and travis starts scoring meanwhile the mics are on the presentation's on the powerpoint's going and this guy's talking about in package number one we've got the (laughs) this type of premium that's going to cost you this month and silently in the back table of this room we're playing past the pigs like i said Little rubber pigs rolled on a tablecloth tables makes almost no sound, especially not over the top of a microphone, you know, an amplified voice. 
So he's rolling these, we're rolling these pigs and rolling them. And I'm just sitting here shaking my head because he just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. He won't stop. And at some point, we both, he rolls again and we both look at each other and silently mouth, 93. (laughs) (laughs) Travis loses it, okay? His face goes red and air just starts escaping his pursed lips. <laughs> he just starts laughing and he, he won't stop laughing. At one point, his head goes down. He comes up and drool is coming off of his lip. He, he stands up and he walks, he jumps up from the table and just immediately behind us in this restaurant is this little single entrance bath, you know, single stall bathroom. And he goes in the bathroom and shuts the door. And I'm not going to kid you. I'm sitting out there at the table and I'm still laughing about it. I get over the giggles pretty fast because it was funny, especially because he laughed so hard. And it, it, now it's been like 10 minutes and he's not come out. And I'm like, oh man, did he have like some sort of like, did he pee his pants or something <laughs> or what? What's going on? He's in there too long, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and finally, I'm just sitting there after 10 minutes and all of a sudden I hear the door open and I'm like, okay, there he is. And I hear... <laughs> And I look back and he's like collapsing into the wall again. And he goes right back in the the bathroom again. (laughs) He stays in there another 10 minutes before he comes out and sits back down again. He won't touch the pigs and he's just trying to sit there and keep it together. And finally, after the meeting, you know, the meeting's over and I ask him, I was like, what happened? He goes, I went in there. I sat down. I got over the giggles and I I, I tried to take a little nap (laughs) sitting on the toilet, just kind of leaning against the wall. He goes, and I thought I was ready to cut. You know, I almost fell asleep, and I came back out and thought I was ready, and I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. He so just to fall asleep on the toilet. He, he closed the lid, oh. and, and was sitting there leaning against the the wall, trying to calm down. Oh my goodness! And he goes, I came back out. I wasn't ready. I thought I was. I just wasn't ready. Now he did. The the, the end of the story is. Right afterwards, one of the insurance guys came back and he goes, what happened back here, guys? That was ridiculous. And he wasn't mad. He was just like, what's going on? I was like, you guys started your meeting right when we were in the middle of a pass the pig game. And we thought we could play silently until Travis got up to 93. And he goes, well, you only play to 100. Have you finished it? And we're like, no. And he's like, well, let's see it. And Travis rolled, Travis rolled over 100. And he, I said, we'll just call it good, but let's just keep the streak going and see how far you go. And he got to like 175 before he finally pigged out. Ah. <laughs> so that's that's the weirdest story I have about playing board games, probably. That's funny. Right there. I got nothing. My, I play at work, too, but mine's in a break room, so. Well, that's okay. No one thinks you're weird there. <laughs> they do? No. Oh, they don't. They don't. All right. Well, I guess Nicole doesn't have one. What? I didn't, you know, not all of my questions have to have a good answer for me. Okay, tough girl. Are you ready for this week's five for five review? Yeah. Well, here we go. Let's break it down. Rules break down. This episode's game, Don't Turn Your Back, is a board game based on a role-playing game called Don't Rest Your Head. The setting is modern day, and you play as insomniacs who, after many days without sleep, have discovered the extra doors and windows in the world that lead to the Mad City. 
Now that you are here, you are competing for the favor of the Wax King who rules this dark, gritty place. Don't Turn Your Back is an area control game and a deck building game in one. Each player receives their own deck of 28 matching cards to play the game. Now when I say 28 matching, I mean that it's 28 different cards, but your deck is the exact same as the other player. Now, eight of these cards will form the starting deck, and the remaining 20 cards will become your acquisition deck that you will purchase from and add to your start deck. Now, before beginning the game, players uh, take the top six cards of their acquisition deck and turn them face up, and they also uh, this will become your market that you will purchase cards from, and you will also draw a hand of four cards to, uh, from your favors deck or your starting deck to form your first hand. Now the game is played over eight rounds and during each of the rounds the players will take turns playing cards from their hand to a limited number of spaces on the board. The board is broken up into districts of the Dark City, including the City Slumber, where you turn pain into currency, the High School, where pain becomes points, the 13th District, where pain gives you a random reward each round, the Wax Kingdom, where minions are encased in wax to earn the favor of the Wax King, and thereby granting bonus points at the end of the game, and finally, the Bizarre Bazaar, where special favors owed to you are utilized to draw extra cards, attack the other player, gain points, etc. Each card in your deck can only be played in certain areas, and only a certain number of each can be played each turn. For our two-player game, for instance, only three cards may be played in the City Slumber each round, two in District 13, four in the High School, four in the Bazaar, and one in the Wax Kingdom. Now, once you have played out your whole hand of cards, or you decide to pass, the board is then scored. The first player, the first, first the players use the total pain of their cards in the city slumber to purchase cards from their acquisition market. Then the pain values of cards are totaled in District 13, and the person with the highest pain total receives the rewards for the round's law card. The player with the highest pain in the high school scores points equal to the amount of pain that they've played on the, all their cards in the high school. Cards are then removed from left to right, equaling the number of cards by the winning player that were played. The cards still in the high school remaining will be scored again next round. Now finally, the cards in the Wax Kingdom are placed in the encased pile face down. Cards are then cleared from the board except for the remaining high school cards and a new law is drawn and that changes what the winning District 13 does the next round. Now after the 8th round is score, the Wax Kingdom stack is flipped face up and the pain points of each player's cards are revealed. Once the scores are tallied, the player with the most pain will score card, the card's costs of each of their card, purchase cards they've, they've acquired during the course of the game. The second player will add up all the pain values of their cards in their decks. The third player will get two points per card that they acquired in their deck. And last, one, the last person will get one point per card that they acquired. Now that's a lot, but there is, that, that, that's a lot to listen to and to try to understand. But that is all there really is needed to know to understand the secrets of the Mad City. All right, so... Don't turn your back. I get to go first. Pep gets to shake. Shake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll take off your collar for you, Pep. Thanks, for you. Pop. You're welcome. I appreciate this it. This is a sparkled pumpkin collar because it is that month. I know, Pep. Now her tail's that there. Okay. <laughs> I get to go first <laughs> because, because I got up first. And I did not. We're recording this on Columbus Day, a fake holiday that Nicole's job gets to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. 
All right. So <clears throat> we're going to draw four cards. Yes, done. I don't even... Do I have a character name? This just seems weird. The, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Well, but... let's call yours Dagger. Because she's got a dagger. I swear to you. <laughs> we have these... They're real pictures. Yeah. They've just been kind of stylized. And theres I don't think there's any... There's no, no name and to any of these people. Tribal tattoo guy. All right, dagger. I draw my top four cards of my dagger deck. <laughs> All right, Cole. Who's going to win this game? Well, me, because I'm actually going to play correctly and put out my acquisition cards. Okay, I'm going to do the same thing. Drawing our acquisition row so we know what we get to buy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not going to read all these cards as we go through them. I'll, right I'll read now. them if I buy them. That's right. Okay. There's lots of cards available to me. Okay. So my turn first. I need well, to... Well, tell me what the law is. <laughs> the, first, the law of the, the land. The first law for this round for District 13 is the first admonishment. Uh, first place will get six candles. If there's a tie, you get four candles. All other players in District 13 will score three candles. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So I will start off scratching pep. Um, oh, that's enough of that. I know. All right, I'm going to start off by playing this card. The uh, that's just dumb. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm going to go play in the bizarre bazaar. I'm going to play the card shameful. Shameful is only worth one pain, but can be played in the high school wax kingdom or bizarre bazaar. If I play it in the bizarre bazaar, I draw two cards. So now my hand size this turn is now six. <sighs> and that is shameful that I'm also going to play shameful and oh draw two God. cards. Is this a broken record? Okay. Um. Then. Hmm. I think I'm going to play this. I'm going to play a card into the city slumber, the scalp hunter. She has no other effect, can only be played in the City Slumber, and she is worth two pain in there. Okay, I am going to play the cleaner into the bizarre, bizarre, bizarre service. He draws one card and scores one candle, which puts me in first place. Boing. Okay, we end right now. You win. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <clears throat> All right, so let's see here. Um... What should I do here? I will... I think I'm going to steal the last spot in the Bizarre Bazaar. Because we have one more. I'm going to play yeah. in Faceless. And he gives me plus one pain in the city slumbering. So there you go. Bizarre Bazaar is locked up. All of our spaces are gone. All right. Well, then I shall play not that one. I'm going to play... The Scalp Hunter also into the City Slumbering. Oh, Only like place that. she can be played. I do not like that. Um, I'm going to play this guy, your cleaner guy, into the Wax Kingdom. Oh. I'm going to play... The, the... card, Hot Dog Vendor. <laughs> I'm going to play the Roof Rat... <laughs> Which is my least favorite card because it looks like a dead, bloated body. He's very mole-like. He's gross looking. And I'm going to play him into the city slumber, slumbering. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will play Promising Student Worth Two Pain into the high school. Oh, well, 
I will play the Clockwork Deputy into District 13. Ridiculous. 13. I play Clockwork Deputy into District 13. (laughs) And I pass with two cards still in my hand. I pass with no cards left. Okay, so let's go through our end of game stuff. Where's the card? We don't need it. Uh, city slumbering, we get one pain per or one pain equals one cost of buying points. So we get to purchase cards from our acquisition. Right. Row. Now Nicole has three pain represented between two cards in, in the city slumbering. I have two on my one card, but I have a plus one because of my faceless card I played down in the bazaar. So we both have three points to spend. Right. So for three points. Hmm. I will take the Clockwork Lieutenant. Clockwork Lieutenant has a Bazaar Bazaar. He can be played in District 13, Wax Kingdom, or Bazaar Bazaar. Uh, he can do an attack. He can remove a card from District 13 and move this card to take its place. Ooh, that's a mean one. <clears throat> yes, it is. Okay, well, I'm going to go for the Smothered Folk. Also can do an attack. She can only be played in the Wax Kingdom or the Bazaar Bazaar. Uh, has an attack where the opponent has to discard one card from the Wax Kingdom space and then move this card into the Wax Kingdom. So right. thus taking their place. And then I replace that card. Cool. And moving right along. Okay, so... Right. District 13, we score that. All right. Uh, District 13... Why am I so we loud tied. all of a sudden? Am I loud? Yes, you're loud. I don't know. I can't hear okay. All right. (laughs) Was that a sound check? (laughs) I just did another one. Okay, Okay. so. (coughs) District 13, we're tied, so we both get four candles. So you go up to five, and I go up to four. So I'm still winning. Hooray for you. Uh, We also score the high school. You have no cards represented, so I have the most pain in the high school, and pain equals points in the high school. Uh, So I score two pain. I go up to six, so I take the lead. And we discard as many cards as I use to score the pain with, which is one. So my one card comes back to me. Right. Uh, the last thing that happens is in the Wax Kingdom, my cleaner gets encased in wax. And then we clean up the board. And all cards come back to us. Thank you. Okay. You become first player. Okay. Our new law for District 13 this time is the Wax Rebate. Go through the encased pile, remove any two cards from the encased pile, uh, cards are removed, are not returned to the players until the game is over. All other players will score two candles in I District 13. I think that's my least favorite card. Especially this early. There's one card in the Wax Kingdom. Yeah. Ooh, big deal. That's what I say. Okay. Big deal. And I have to shuffle because I can only, I need to draw up two cards and I can only draw one. So I have shuffled. Okay, cool. You are up first. Hmm. Sorry, he's getting a drink. Okay. Gurgle, gurgle. Gurgle, gurgle. Okay. All righty then. I am going... I don't believe you are. ...to play the uh, Harvester into the Bazaar Bazaar. Now the Bazaar Bazaar Harvester... Sorry, the Harvester in the Bazaar Bazaar flushes the available acquisition row, replaces all six cards with six new cards, and then I get to keep... Or I get to take one of those... Provided it is a cost three or less. Right. And just to save time, I'm doing the exact same move on my turn, so I will flush mine as well. Six cards. Go off the table. I have four cards to choose from, so 
I'm going to choose... I'm just going to copy you. I'm going to choose the Clockwork Lieutenant that you chose earlier. Okay. Uh, I have drawn up. I'm going to take the Pinhead. Pinhead uh, is a two-pane, cost-two card. He can be played in the City Slumber, uh, District 13, or the Wax Kingdom. Okay. And so that it... goes into my favor card discard pile. Right. And then it goes back to my turn. Yes. So... Uh -oh. I'm going to play the Promising Student into the high school. I don't like that. I'm going to play my Roof Rat into the Wax Kingdom space. You like him, right? I'm going to pass. If I was going to do a sound effect for the face of the Roof Rat, I mean, I wish people could see him. It would just be like... Uh... I don't think it would be. <laughs> what are you, what's yours? That's really close. All right. <laughs> um, I'm going to play that right there. And What is that? What are you doing? It's a scalp hunter into the city slumbering, and then I'm going to pass as well. Okay. <clears throat> and I passed with two cards again. That's crazy. I passed with one card still. So we score the city slumbering, which I'm the only person who has one, so I get two points to spend on cards. I will take the Paper Boy. Paper Boy gives me a defense, so people can't attack me after I play him into the Bizarre Bazaar. I get to draw two cards as well, or he can be played into the Wax Kingdom. Uh, okay. Next thing is the High School. You score that one, which gets you two points, two up to points. seven. And then my card comes back to None me. of us scored the played into District 13, so we don't have to get rid of any cards out of the Wax Kingdom. Which sucks for me. No, that's amazing for me, no, 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 no. Uh, And so I go ahead and put the Roof Rat into the Wax Kingdom. Good, I don't have to see his roofy face again. <laughs> All right. That'll be my Instagram post. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm going to be first player again, right? Uh, yes, that goes back to you. And we draw up. Our new law for this round is the Sawtooth Act. First place in the District 13 will get seven candles. If there's a tie for first, all tied players lose one candle. All other players with cards in District 13 this turn will lose two candles. Okay? I have to draw three more cards. Three. And you and are first, I so first. I will not play like I almost did. Okay. Well, don't mess this up. Well, I try. Um, hmm. I am going to play the shameful card into the bizarre, bizarre again and draw two cards. Your turn. Okay, I am going to play... Faceless into the Bizarre Bazaar, and he counts as one extra pain in the city slumbering. Okay. I'm shuffling my card so I can draw another one. And here we go. Oh, that's as exciting, isn't it? Well, I'm excited. <laughs> I think that... Hmm, I'll play this into the city slumbering. This is my scalp hunter. She's worth two pain, and that's all she does. She can only be played one place. Okay. I also am going to play the scalp hunter... Into the city slumbering. Hmm. Board my two pain points. What should I do with you now? I Why will... Why you let me go? No, I don't know. <laughs> no. I'm going to play my clockwork deputy into the Wax Kingdom. I am going to play my smothered folk into the Bazaar Bazaar. And it is an attack card, so I discard one card from the Wax Kingdom space and move this card to the Wax Kingdom... 
replacing your... Discard means it comes back to my favor discard. Okay. That's fine. It's your turn. Fine by you. Fine by little me. Little jerk. All right. I will... Then I'll, I'll, I'm going to play this uh, faceless guy up into the uh, city slumbering, which gets another pain for me. Okay. I am going to play my clockwork deputy into District 13. Really? And hope for the best. Okay. Well, because of that, I'm going to do the same kind of mean stuff oh, you do. I have my geez. clockwork lieutenant. I'm going to play into the bazaar, which is an attack. I discard one card from the District 13. And then put this card into District 13 in its place. So this goes back to your discard pile. And I, I have... wonder who's going to win this game. It's your turn again, Nicole. I have to pass. Yes. And I play in my promising student, oh giving me two gosh. pain inside of the high school. So we go to City Slumbering. I've got three points. You've got three, three. points. So what do I got? That's three over here. I'm going to buy the one that you just used. No, I'm going to use this one. I'm going to buy Lady in Hating. She is a cost three, pain two card. Uh, she attacks someone in the high school. And then I can move it to a vacated space. See, I was thinking about doing that, but... Oh, uh. Dream Dealer's pretty good, too. Ooh, I'm... <sighs> I'm doing that one instead. I'm doing that instead. Okay. I'm going to do the Dream Dealer. While it's in the Bizarre Bazaar, I get plus two pain to the City Slumbering. All right, I'm going to buy the Paper Boy. He actually only costs two... Uh, but he gives me an immunity to attack, and I get to draw two cards, which is nice. So I don't like that. I do. I do not like that. And moving right along. So you <laughs> District 13, District there's 13. only one person there. It's me, so I get seven candles, Yay. which takes me up to 13 to seven right now. Uh, I also score the high school, which gets me two candles, and I remove my one card for being there, so I'm up to 15 to seven. Right. And you get to encase the smothered folk. And that's the end of the turn. Yep. All right. Nicole, you become first player again. I and I actually get four full cards. So one, <clears> two, <throat> three, and I have to shuffle. And we are at round four of eight. There's a so whole know. lot of shuffling in this game. By the way, our next uh, our next law is the wax tax. Uh, the first place in District 13 will put any one card from their acquisition row, which means a card you don't even own yet. Into the encased pile. Uh, if there's a tie for first, each player will get to do the same. So there you go. Hmm. That's a pretty good one. That is a pretty good one. Okay. And Nicole, you are first, and I'm shuffling my deck. Okay, I'm going to play Shameful into the Bazaar and take two cards. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean it. It's your turn. I got this card. <clears throat> Ahem. I am going to do the I I'm I got a I'm gonna play Paperboy, which makes me defended, and I get to draw two cards. Your turn, Nicole. I am also not going to do that. I'm going to play Harvester and uh flush my acquisition row and choose a card worth three or less. Huh. I think I Hmm, I'm not. I'm going to play Shameful into the Bizarre Bazaar and draw two more cards. Oh my goodness, that really is Shameful. And I have to shuffle, so <laughs> I'm still working on my last turn. Right, it's your turn now. I know. Well, there's shuffling involved, and <laughs> now I have to pick a card. No, can't afford. Can't afford. I shall take. 
I'm going to take the uh, Dream Dealer into my favor. I've seen that before. And then it's my turn to yes. actually play. Yes. Well, that does me no good. Right. So don't bother. That does me no good. I wouldn't even bother. Well, that really does me no good. Right. So why even do it? I'm going to play <laughs> the Clockwork Deputy into oh. the yep. District 13. Ridiculous. Okay. I go ahead and play Clockwork Lieutenant into the District 13, making us tied. Well, what does that mean? We both get to do one. We do? Yeah, stop okay. being so indignant. You're All fine. Right. All right. What? And then I'm going to stick the roof rat in wax because gross. Wait, what is he saying? Though? He looks like he's saying something. <laughs> he's gross. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, I put the scalp hunter, which can only be played in the city slumbering, into the city slumbering for you. I have to pass. Whoa. Okay. I know I have nothing That's amazing. I can do. Good. That's terrible. Good. So I play another card into City Slumbering. Good for the you. Dream Dealer, which gets me two more. And I play another oh. one into the City Slumbering, which gets oh, me two more. Oh, my in. goodness. So I have six. Okay, so look, that's the end of the turn. I pass at that point with two cards still left in my hand. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so I've got $6 to spend on a card. I'm going to buy something expensive. I mean, I've got... I don't like this guy, but this one's really good. The Wax King is so mean... Because it makes you makes the opponent discard down to three. I draw two cards and I score two candles, or I get Officer Talk, who can be played in the City Slumber, High School, or District 13. That's really powerful. Yeah, he's really powerful. Uh, I like him. I'm gonna go ahead and take dis I'm gonna take uh, Officer Talk okay. for five. Is that crazy or that what? That's crazy. Okay, so uh, we score District 13, which means you can take any card that you see over here and place it into the encased. Okay, I'm gonna place the. Uh... The Wax King. Really? In there. I think I'm going to do the same one. Really? Yeah. So rude. I don't need you pulling in too far ahead of me. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So then I... Nobody's in the yeah, high school. Right. We encase your roof rat. My roof rat. I don't have to look at him anymore. And we draw all our cards back to our discards. Oh, there he is. Okay. I'm first again. Yep. Okay. Here. Thank you. I only get to draw two cards this time. Me too. Uh, so the new law oh. for this turn is the Statute of Elimination. Uh, first place gets eight <laughs> candles. Card. Oh, no, wait. If there's a tie, all tied players get six candles. Second place scores five candles. And if there's a tie, all players get four candles. Huh. Okay. So it's my turn. It is. I will start off by playing... I'll play this one. This, I'm playing the Harvester into the Bazaar Bazaar. That's the one that flushes all six of your cards. Okay. And lets you draw one into your, or select one that's three or less from these six that you draw fresh. Okay. So your turn. I'm going to play in the Paper Boy, so I get to draw two cards, and I am also immune to attacks. I don't like that. Stop at that Paper Boy. Okay, that was a really ragtag shuffle. Okay, I'm going to take the Truant Officer as my card. He's a really powerful cost three card that can be played in the City Slumber 13 or High School. Okay. Um, it's your turn. The next thing I do... Ooh. Hmm. This isn't going to help me. 
I'm going to go ahead and play this guy into the Wax Kingdom. Whoa. Faceless. He's the guy who gets me plus one pain in the city slumbering when you play the bazaar, or he can be played in the city slumber. So there okay, you go. Okay, I am going to play the cleaner into the bazaar, so I get to draw one card, and I also score one candle, and I have to shuffle. Oh, and you get a candle. Get a there candle. So I'm up to eight to your 15. You're Great. so good at this. Uh, I'll play cards. a card into the high school. So it'll be back to your turn when you're done drawing. Okay. I will play... I'm going to play the Clockwork Deputy into District 13. Ridiculous. I play the Clockwork Deputy into District 13. Okay. I play the Clockwork Lieutenant into the Bazaar, which means I attack you, sir. And I discard your District 13 card, and mine goes in instead. Unbelievable. I pass. Your turn. Um, okay. So I play the Scalp Hunter into the City Slumbering. Oh, is this your big turn? I play... It's your big comeback? It's your big comeback, isn't it? The Faceless into the City Slumbering. Mm. And I play the Promising Student into the High School. Right. Okay, so here we go. You have three points to spend on cards, and I have zero. Okay, for three points, I'm going to purchase the Driver. He is a two-pain cost of three and he can go into the City Slumbering, District 13, High School, or the Wax Kingdom. All of the above. Okay? Hmm. Okay. All right. So I am going to then go to District 13, and you get all eight candles like a I jerk. Do. So you're in first place now. Yay! Go me. Then I score my high school because I'm further left than yours. Even though we both have the same amount of pain, we score the player whose cards are farthest to the left are the ones that are going to score. So I go up to 17, and I remove my one card because that's all they use to score it. And mine stays in place. And then I encase the faceless. Correct. And then we'd be back to cleaning up. I only had like... Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. Don't clean up my students. I got you. You keep trying to cheat me out of the high school. I haven't. Keith, this is the first time this game. (laughs) 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 All right. So you are going to be the first player again. Our new first, law for yeah. this turn is the Inclusion Act. All players in District 13 this turn get awarded candles for pain on the following scale. So you get like a one pain equals one candle, two equals three, three oh. equals five, four equals seven, and five plus equals nine. Okay. There's a lot of candles on the line here if you can get five plus pain into the uh, District 13 if you're tough. Are you? Uh, probably not. I'm going to play Shameful Under the Bazaar. And get two cards. Oh, I didn't replace that one. Okay. All right. Where was I? Where was I? I play Shameful into the Bizarre Bazaar and draw two cards. In your face. Okay. I play Paperboy into the Bazaar. I draw two cards and I'm immune to uh, attacks. Really? Yes. I don't like that. Uh, I'll play Clockwork Lieutenant. Then I think into here, into District 13. I will play Clockwork Lieutenant into the Bazaar and kick out your Clockwork Lieutenant in, from Stunning. District 13 and place mine in super instead. Jerk all I'm the time. Super jerky. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to. I'm going to play Pinhead into the city slumbering. 
I'm going to play Scalp Hunter into the city slumbering. Okay, I'm going to play Truant Officer into the city slumbering. I'm going to play the Dream Dealer into the Bizarre Bazaar, and that gives me plus two pain in the city slumbering. I play Unpromising Student into the high school. I play the Cleaner into District 13. Okay, I pass. I play the Faceless into the Wax Kingdom, and then I pass. Okay. Uh, I have four, and you have four to yes. purchase with. And I'll I'm gonna... buy this one. It's four. I, I buy Blind Knight. Okay. Is that what you get? No, I get the Fortune Taker. Uh, move any one card from hand or favor discard pile to the encased uh, Wax Kingdom. Well, that's pretty nice. Score candles equal to the card's pain. Wow, that's a really crazy one. I don't think I've ever seen this card. Well, I've seen it. I just haven't used it. Hmm. Okay, mine's a fortune taker. It's pain three, cost four. And when I play her into the bazaar, she can draw four cards, discard two, and add the other two to your hand. Um, or she can be played in the city slumbering or the high school. Very nice. Okay. Okay. Then we score <laughs> district 13. Right, so you have three candles there. You score five candles over here. So you are now at... At three pain, I score five candles. Hold on a second. Am I on the wrong tokens? I thought you were ahead. Did I pull ahead right? You oh, pulled yeah, ahead because of... So you're at 21. Right. Okay. Uh, then you score the high school, which gets you two. That goes away. We encase your faceless dude. And everything comes back. Thank you. Oops, I just pulled my promising student off. <laughs> oh, wait, it was yours, wasn't it? No, it was yours. Was it? Oh, yeah, because you yeah, scored Yeah, because I scored school. it. Tried to cheat my own self out of that. Well, map. it serves you right. No, it doesn't. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. first player again. You are. And then I get to draw okay. up. Doggone it, the I have law, to shuffle. The new law, we're down to the last two rounds. The lie or ground law. First place will get two candles per pane on the player's cards in District 13 this turn. If there's a tie for first place, all tied players score three candles. Uh, all other players in the district will score two candles. How much does first get? Two candles per pane. Okay. Hmm. I don't like these cards. Um, so up front, I'm going to play Harvester that lets me clear my acquisition cards. I'm also going to harvest. Three or less. Yep, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, man, you're a broken record stealing my orders at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, I do that. <laughs> stealing my cards at the table. Okay, I've got a lot of choices here. I'm going to go with... Uh, mm, I will go with Needle Nose. I'm going with a Truant Officer. Yeah, no Needle Nose. Effect, uh, yeah, Needle Nose has no bizarre effect. He can just be played in thirteen high school or Wax Kingdom. True, an officer has no bizarre effect, but he can be played in the city slumbering thirteen or the high school. Okay. Back to me. I play uh, Scalp Hunter up here. No, actually, take that back. I don't do that. I play <laughs> Clockwork Deputy into Wax Kingdom. Whoa. I play. I play the Clockwork Deputy into District 13. Do you? Sure. Why okay. not? I play... Um, why do I want to do this? 
Okay, I'm going to play... Oh, this is dumb. <laughs> it's so hard to decide. I'm going to... No, but wait. I'm okay, gonna... I'm, I'm going to play this into 13, oh. even though you're probably going to jerk me out I'm of it. I'm going to jerk you out of it, so Are I'm you... going to play Clockwork ah, Explanet. You're such a jerk. <laughs> I knew you were going to do and that. And that takes out whatever you played and puts mine in. And then what did you do? Great, I put a scalp hunter in City Slumbering. Okay, I put the driver into City Slumbering. <sighs> I was sitting there going, why do it? She's just got that card. I know she does. <laughs> she has 20 cards in her deck. She's going to draw it twice, I guarantee. And you did. All right. So, shopping. We both have two pain. Right. I'm going to purchase... I'm doing Smothered Folk. I'm doing the Hall Monitor. Smothered Folk is, is kind of a unique one because it costs two and gives you three pain. Uh, and it's the one that she used to discard my card out of the Wax Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hall Monitor has no special bizarre effect, but it can be used in the city slumbering, the high school, or the Wax Kingdom. Right. Now, Nicole has four pain in there, so she gets eight. She goes up to 31. Heck yeah. For District 13 this turn with that cheating card. Cheating card. <laughs> yeah, I that's scored what it two is. whole points for the high school, and I encase my clockwork deputy. So we are back around to the final turn, and I'm pretty sure you will not have that dumb steal my card. Out of District 13 this time, at least. We'll see. We start the last round. The Somnabulation, Somnabulation Act. What? That's what it's called. And what Somnabulation Act. And I go for... I can have the... Um, first player first will player get card. four candles per card the player has in District 13 this turn. Mm. Uh, if there's a tie, all players just score three candles per card. Uh, all other players with cards will score two. So pretty standard thing at the very end there. And you were up first. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to start by using the fortune teller. I draw four cards, discard two, and add the other two to my hand. And which means I have to shuffle before I can even do it. Yay! <laughs> um, so you're doing a bunch of looking at, at your card I'm stuff. Do a bunch I of will luck, yes. draw my other two cards because I'm still shuffling between turns. And let's see what I want to do. I do Paperboy into the Bazaar, which draws two cards and gives me defense for this whole turn, which is nice. I could have used that last turn. <laughs> <clears throat> right? Ooh, let's see what to do here. I'm going to discard those two. Okay, so my turn still again? Yes. Whatever? Yep. All right, I'm going to play in the Paperboy. I draw two cards, and I'm also immune. Okay. Um, hmm. What's going to get me a good amount of points here? I just don't... It's so hard to decide right now. Uh, I play in Officer Talk into the City Slumbering. Okay, I play in the Dream Dealer to the Bazaar, which gives me uh, plus two to the City Slumbering. Okay. I play... Hmm. What do I need to do here? I play in the Smothered Folk into the Wax Kingdom. Play the Scalp Hunter into the City Slumbering. I play the Dream Dealer into City Slumbering. I play the Clockwork Lieutenant into the District 13. 
I play the Clockwork Lieutenant in the District 13 as well. I play... You play nothing. The hall monitor in the oh, high no. school. Oh, no. I pass with one card left. And then I play the promising student into the high school. You and are stunning me. then I play shameful oh into the high school. <laughs> How did you manage that? <laughs> I have no idea. That All was right. a lot of cards. I have $6. You have 4 I have So I buy no mother. No. Four. Yeah, I do have I four. I buy mother win. I buy. There's a six cost, five pain card she is the highest cost card in the whole deck uh mine doesn't actually matter doesn't i've matter got what two that i can do i can blind knight or i can do a city desk editor i'm gonna do city desk editor okay uh we both score four points for district 13 which okay. is terrible so i go up to 23 and, and you go, go to way too 35 high. and then you get five points for the high school so i go up to 40 yeah right Ooh. now the, the score is 23 to 40 yes but i'm gonna need this and i you've encase got my so much more folk, and that's the end of the round that's it that's so it we take game yeah it's the end of the game we take back all our cards into our hand and we cull out all of the start cards except for we leave what's in the wax kingdom right in the Wax Kingdom for now. And all of our acquisition cards that we didn't take uh, go away. We don't get to do anything with those. Yeah, I still ended with four, like half of my start cards still. That's just not that good. Okay. So now we're going to decide in the Wax Kingdom. Now we're playing a two-player game. It still scores the same way. Uh, the first player is going to get to score uh, their cost, their deck cost, one candle per deck cost. The next person's going to score one candle per pain. And usually cost is more than pain. So right. let's see. Uh, we just got to set all these out. Man, you stuffed. Oh, my God. You stuffed some big stuff in there. Oh, you might take me. Okay. I doubt it. No. See, I didn't. Okay. So you only had nine in there, and uh -huh. I had I had more than I've ever done. I had 13. So Whoa. I get to score cost. You get to score pain. Okay. Okay. So let's see how this turns out. Eek. What does that mean? Eek. Oh, I get 30 points. Oh, I get 17. So you go up to 57 and I went 30 which would only put me at 53. So I still won? You won. I win! <laughs> <laughs> but, Nicole, what does that mean? It means it's my first win no, of the series. No, it's your second. <laughs> oh, I did win. I won game mm -hmm. two. You're right. So I won two, you won three. That's right. So now we get to hear my jingle. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. I just keep taking these from you. I know, but it sucks because, like, I actually won that game. I know this is the second time in a row that you've won on the on the podcast, but not but actually not the won series. The series, <laughs> so you claim victory. I like it. Meh. You hate it. All right. So <laughs> now that you've uh, heard us play, don't turn your back. And Nicole, you've played it five times with me. What do you like about this game? I gotta get my notes out. 
You have notes for this? I, I tried to take notes. I'm trying Amazing. to be a good girl. Um, okay, what do I like? Well, yes. despite the little rat boy, what was his name? <laughs> I don't know. Ugh, despite him, I actually do <laughs> like the artwork. It's kind of nice. It's a little creepy without being, like, gross. Yeah, it's not, it's bad. not bad. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad, though. Right. I, it's not repulsive. The board's a little but boring. I didn't think the board was bad. It's okay. I thought the colors were a little bright for a horror game. I thought it was weird that they, they the color choices for the player pawns were a little drab. We're talking about likes. Oh! <laughs> I know, you're the one that gets on to me. <clears throat> okay. You liked the art. I thought the art was okay. Right. What else? Um, I like that each card has multiple purposes. Okay. But not all of them have all of the same purposes. Right. That's that's part of the purchasing decision while you're doing this stuff is really trying to decide where can I play this person and where is it going to help me? You know? Right. Am I losing District 13 the last couple of rounds? Well, I better buy a card that I can play in there. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I think, and I think there's only one card in there that only has one purpose. And that was that one that went in the, sl the city slumbering. Right. She's the only one that that's the only place she can go. Right. And heaven help you if you can't, if you keep her till last and then you just can't play her anywhere. That's right. a bummer. <laughs> I hate that. Um, I, I like I like that in the end round, sometimes on these games, the scoring, you know, if you're kind of scoring different pieces along the way, mm -hmm. that end round seems kind of pointless. There'll be something that you have to do for the end round. Right. And there's like no point. It doesn't really seem like it helps you. Every part of this, it's it still made sense. The order of it made sense. Right. Like you still score everything in the last round. Mm hmm and then you in, still encase something in wax, and right. then you go to the final scoring. So I, I like how I like that part. I think, I think my worst scenario of that last round being a bummer was a uh, nothing personal. Do you remember that? Like you have all these steps you have to go through, and right. like past step three was completely pointless in the last round. No, last, and I've seen a couple different what, what games that were like that. What happened was you scored the last round, and then you scored like a part of it again. Right, it was and weird. Nothing personal. Yeah, there's like a, there was another game that did that too. Now I cannot, for the life of me, remember what that was. But I've seen a couple games do that right. where if they're limited in these rounds, but there's multiple scoring mm -hmm. happening, it it'll screw it up on the on the last round. Part of it is just obsolete. And right. this one did a good job of keeping it all with a point. Okay. <laughs> well, I liked uh, I liked how fast it sets up. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It, it's like one minute. <laughs> Yeah, it's super <laughs> fast setup. It's even so with fast. multiple people. I I think it's a uh, it's a decent filler game. This thing, now this game it, it took us like our last game was thirty five minutes. That what you just heard was like thirty five minutes. Yeah, and that's that's with us playing it five times. We're used to playing it now. Like we know what the cards are. We know how to do it. Now the box says forty five minutes to sixty. I think our first game was like 45 minutes, maybe one hour, maybe. Yeah, and that was still, that was just having to read a lot of the cards, and, and we did have to go right. back to the rules a couple times on things. Right. Now, we did get a chance to play this with four players. We played with Matt and Brianna on game four. On Caramel Apple Night. Right, on Caramel Apple Night. And I, I will say that they, uh, I, I did win that game, but it seemed like it, it went a little longer. It did. And, and it seems like that one of the things that bogs down the game that, that 
the, that makes it longer is those cards like flush all of your cards and then draw six do cards and then decide which one that's three or less that you get. Right. Well, if you don't know the cards just by looking at them, that bogs down the game. It really does, especially, well, at first, it absolutely does. Right, but I mean, I will say this. The feel of the game and the way that I could play and how much, how, what strategies I used changed not at all with four players. Mine did change a little bit because I found with you and I playing, I used the high school quite a bit. Right. But with four of us playing, I stayed away from the high school. It was too... Uh, wishy-washy on whether or not I was going to get points. Oh, I stayed right in it. Oh, I I stayed away because you guys were always... You were always going to get it. You always ended up being like the first person to play. And if you have if you have people, multiple people in the high school, but you tie on how many points you have, how mm-hmm. many pain points you have in the high school, the person who played into the high school first or the furthest to the left actually scores. Right. Well, that was never going to be me. So Not I with s- that attitude. <laughs> I was never popular in high school. Man. Something else I liked. No, uh, I just stayed away from the high school, though. Something else I liked about this was the area control concept. Just this, that that you're you're playing an area control game. Yeah, kind but of. But you're playing, and, and it, it basically resets every round for the most part, except for the high school. And that District 13 just coming up different every time and giving you different goals and different reasons to play in there. Or and not to play in there's there. There's a weird tension about when to play cards in, in this game. Yeah. Because if you play early in District 13, someone's going to have the card that, you know, that, that It'll counters kick you. you. Out. But they may commit that card to District 13 just because they want to have a card there. And then you play after that so they can't attack you. Or maybe you need to play a defense card before you play in there because you know that other person has that attack card. Or if you wait until a certain amount of time, people will commit themselves to the high school and you can play your card way to the right with a really high number and then all of their early cards get discarded and they don't score the high school. Right. So there's like these weird things in that game that are that are really cool that are about timing. There's a few timing elements, I think, that are neat. Well, and I think the Wax Kingdom is kind of an interesting little bit all on its own because, right. yeah, you want to put some high-scoring cards in there so that you can win the Wax King. Win the Wax Kingdom? Why is that hard to say? Because it's a Kripke line. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it again. But, um, <laughs> but at the same time, if you're putting those cards in the Wax Kingdom, you don't get to score them later on. They just go towards how you get to score the rest of your cards. Right. So that's a real challenge, too. You don't want to put too much in there. I mean, this is this is all stuff that kept it really interesting. Now, yeah. what doesn't make it interesting is the fact that every one of us is exactly the same. And there's not there's not going to be real, really much, you know, a lot of variance between all of us. Like, I, I, I buy cards most of the time in this game. I buy cards that give me lots of pain in my deck. Yeah. That's what I do. I try to buy high-cost cards with high pain, and if it helps me, great. If I have a choice between this one that goes to these areas that I don't have a lot of cards in and not, that's all I do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's it, there's not it's not that hard of a decision-making process every turn in, in that regard. Right. The timing elements are, are the game to me. Uh, I think it needs more. Yeah. My dislike, I put four characters all have the same cards. Right. Um... It did seem to get a little bit stale after five plays. I think only because we played it 
you know, five times this week. Right, but this is this is a, this is a byproduct of that not enough to it kind of thing. That's true. Is that at the end if of it, was... I was going, there was nothing left for me to see. I just feel like the next game we'd play out pretty close to the game that everyone just listened to. Yeah. You know, I'm, it might swing my direction or your direction, you know, but it's it's going to play pretty close. It's kind of one of those things, though, if there were an <clears throat> expansion that, you know, made the, the different characters different, then would you end up complaining because, well, that guy's just way too powerful? I don't know. So, it, I mean, it, in it a way, It depends on how they do it. What I would actually like to see for this game is if they did do an expansion, I'd like to see, you know... Um, a whole new set of cards that, but we all four get the same set. I'd like to keep it the same again. So it's an evil, even playing field Mm -hmm. for everybody, but just a different, different set. So you could mix it up that way. Okay. You have any other dislikes of it? Um, you were talking about the color of the tokens. Yeah. That's dumb. They have (laughs) orange, purple, green, and other green. Right. What? They have like an army green and like a, an aquamarine yeah, kind of green. But it's definitely green. It's not like a blue green even. It's, right. It's just weird. Right. Like, why? I don't know. <laughs> why would you ever do that? Why didn't they <laughs> It have... really felt like if it felt like there was another game that had the base colors already represented. And these were like some additional colors if you wanted to play the eight player super game. But that's not what this is. No. They used like the the bonus yeah, character they were, colors. Yeah, they were like the leftover <laughs> colors that they got cheap. I don't know. You know, and then they just went ahead and based the cards on on those. Right. Um, I must say, I don't think that the card quality is super high on this either, because after playing it, yeah, so many times mm-hmm. so quickly, um, my cards felt a little sticky. Right. Not sticky, just tacky. Right. The finish is starting to kind of get a little roughed up. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of sleeving your cards. Right. But I almost feel like you need to on this one if yeah. you were going to play it quite often. Okay. Well, Nicole, how difficult was it to teach a non-gamer, would you say? I don't think it was hard to teach. Right. Well, we were teaching Matt and Brianna. They're not non-gamers. But right. I still didn't think it was very hard to teach once you just, if you break it down. Right. Um, so I think I, this would be a pretty good intro to deck builders. I, I think, think it's so that too. simple. Yeah. This could be this could be an alternate. It's not to as di- easy as like Dominion easy. I would rather teach this to someone than Dominion. Well, I would too, just because Dominion more fun. feels very abstract until you actually play it a few times. This doesn't. This probably wouldn't kill them quite as bad. Mm, I don't know. Dominion's just weird. You don't understand the flow of it. You don't understand the tempo of it. You don't understand when you should be buying stuff and how well, it's going to work true. out. And this this thing has like a lot more controlled environment, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. I'd probably give it a two on difficulty. I, I didn't too. think it was hard. It's a two out of five. Uh, what would you give this out of five rating? Um, I, you go first. Why? Because you never do. I know. I always end up going first. I know. Do you have yours written down? No. Oh. I never write it down. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you won't show um, me your special notes. I think this game's okay. I think that it the theme completely falls flat in it other than the artwork. Oh, I agree with that. I mean, the kind of have the only the closest thing the theme comes through on is you're encasing cards in wax and you don't get them back. Yeah, that's totally... So you do have totally... the sense of I'm killing a card. Right. You know, that's the only part, part I feel like the theme came out of cuz why do I score pain in the high school? 
no reason. Well, high school is pain. Why does the city slumber give... When I put pain in the city slumber, why does it buy cards? I don't know. I don't either. I mean, I, I guess if I send this guy to the Bazaar Bazaar, this is the one thing he can buy every time is this kind of action. So well, I sort it wasn't of even, understand that. Well, no, it would have made more sense if the Bazaar... It, a bazaar is like a marketplace, right? right? It should just be like a tavern that should be where, or something. So that or... should have been the city slumbering because you spend your pain for to buy cards. I don't know. It would have made and more why sense. Why is District Thirteen worth so much variety of things? <laughs> I don't know. So Cause... yeah, the theme was a little meh. Although, like I said, that that Wax Kingdom, that one was perfect. That was that's spot the only on. part that the theme comes through. In. It so totally pretty did. much. It's pretty pretty close. It's this close to themeless. How close? Like one inch close. <laughs> To themeless, <laughs> right? So I would say, and I never understood why did what when when are you turning your back? I mean, beyond the fact that I know we can play it in thirty minutes, and I would probably I would probably pick this over Valley of the Kings if I was going to play a game. Well, it's not as small of a. I mean, area, I, I would though. say it's more fun than that, and it takes the same amount of time. So, what are you rating it? I'd give it a three. Yeah, I give it a three plus. <laughs> That's not a real rating. I know, I know. So you gave it a three. I, you won't let me do three and a half. No, you're not going to put some other... It's act. on the high side of a... It's a it's a three with gusto. No. No? <laughs> you could you could do it like that. You could go, I, I rated it a, a three. three. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, I rated a three. I'm kind of like... No. Three. Yeah, I'm a three. Yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm, I'm a deadpan three. I then. thought it was fun. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it more than you did. I'll say that. <laughs> I would play it over Valley of the Kings, and a lot of people have talked up Valley of the Kings. Uh, I would probably play that uh, Merchants, uh, Dale of Merchants, before I'd play this. Well, I didn't get to play that. Well, so I'm I just saying, know. if but someone it's wants Kickstarter, to so I can't even have it. I would give that one a three. <laughs> 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 right? All right. All right. I can well, see us playing this again next Halloween. Maybe, but guess what? Time's up. <laughs> okay. And as usual, I'm hungry, so that's good. It's this time in the Tabcast 45 where you can feel free to turn your back on Tabcast 45. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't, Don't turn, turn your, your back. Don't turn your back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, spending your listening time with us. Now, as usual, I ask that if you like the show, you could email us at talkaboutboardgames at gmail.com and you could tell us about it. Or you could also review us on iTunes and tell other people about it. That'd help. Right? Or you can just tell your friends to listen to us. <laughs> you can do that too. Now, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter at TA Board Games or on Instagram or Facebook as Talk About Board Games. You could also visit our website, talkaboutboardgames.com. Uh, there you'll find our forums link, which leads you right to our Board Game Geek Guild. And that's the place where you can take part in episode topics and help us decide which games we play on these episodes. Now, speaking of games that we are playing, in two weeks, Matt and Brianna return with us to play our second Halloween horror game of October, Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. Thanks for listening. I was going to do a sound effect for the face of the roof rat. I mean, I wish people could see him. It would just be like, uh, I don't think it would be. What are you, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> That's really close. All right. <laughs>